Hi, hey, and hello, everybody. FPL teacher here. This time, bringing you Lester Nil, Fulham One. We look at the heroics of Burn Leno as he continued to throttle a Leicester side looking for solutions without the likes of James Madison, Dennis Pratt forcing to play a long-forgotten name in the number ten position, while ensuring that Brendan Rodgers keeps doing Brendan Rodgers things. Leicester hit yet another snag as Kieran Dewsbury Hall got injured in their warm-up, which meant that Ayuzi Paris had to play the number 10 position. Oh wait, hold on. Instead of playing a number 10 in particular, Leicester initially had three defensive midfielders with Tielemans, Soamare as well as Ndidi all starting. However, Soamare's Time in the starting 11 didn't last long as he came off injured early, which meant that Ayosi Perez took reins in the coveted number 10 position. So after a lot of chopping and changing from a relatively formidable Leicester side that has kept like what four clean sheets in six games, now we have Luke Thomas at left back, we have Ndidi as well as Tielemans in central midfield, while Ayosi Perez played the number 10 position with a relatively conservative Mark Albrighton on the right side and Harvey Barnes occasionally fielded as second striker. The side currently can be labelled as dysfunctional because they are missing so many key players that their flaws are extremely obvious. One particular disadvantage that was exploited here was the space between Woodfast and Luke Thomas on the left side. This massive gap that they had basically involved the Leicester centre-backs having the ball early on with the full-backs so high up that they were forced to pass into Ndidi or Tielemans. When it works, it works brilliantly. When Fulham were 1-0 up, Leicester were given the majority of the ball and the passing from defence into Tielemans, into Ayose Perez, into Jamie Vardy later on was absolutely sublime because they do possess the one-touch passing quality, especially to bypass an extremely aggressive Fulham defence. What we love about dysfunctional sites for FPL purposes is that number one, matchups are extremely obvious and easily taken advantage of. You can see that when Fast noticed Mitrovic making that run behind him, you, you would see him raise his arm, passing essentially his marker off to somebody behind him. And the thing is, nobody was behind Fast. Luke Thomas was so far up and Didi was also aggressively pressing somebody in midfield that well, nobody marked Mitrovic, essentially. So, the question always came down to number one, would Leicester aggressively win the ball back, or would they sit back and remain compact? The answer currently is no, and we should almost certainly exploit this, especially since there is no real leader without the presence of Johnny Evans at the back. One name that survived all of this, however, with credit is Ayosi Perez. He will remain the most influential out of the entire starting eleven. but the player that benefits of these chances are Javi Barnes as well as Jamie Vardy. Barnes himself is at least more multi-dimensional in that sense, where he can receive passes over the top, on the run, beating certain centre-backs as well as full-backs, if not dribbling himself to create chances.
Fulham, a team that has a relatively stable system, a philosophy, and a starting 11 that now just required a minor tweak with Diop dropped for Tosin. The difference it makes is that Tosin has a long pass that is considered underrated at the moment because Fulham don't rely on long passes to get past defences. However, it did imply that the fullbacks were more well positioned to receive passes on the flanks, particularly Harrison Reed and Kenny Tete on the right side, because Tosin was a left centre back playing diagonals to that right side, basically aiming for Mitrovic as he would play all these players into the final third. Just like Luke Thomas for Leicester, Harrison Reed represents the double-edged sword for Fulham as he makes runs that are relatively unchecked into the final third, while at the same time usually is the one exposed when Leicester overload his zone. The aggressive pressure that Fulham's midfielders put on top of Leicester usually ends with Harrison Reed. If Harrison Reed is bypassed, everybody basically retreats back into a shell. And this is where things look really dangerous, at least from Fulham's perspective. Now, having said that, in this particular match, Fulham did dominate the ball, especially when the score was still nil-nil. And when Fulham did win the ball, a lot of their passes aimed the left half space where William really thrived, able to dribble himself to the byline working with Anthony Robinson as always, if not crossing for Mitrovic on the right side. Once again, it has to be said that Fulham were the away side here. So having dominated the ball up to the opening goal, after the 21st minute where Paulinha had his shot from range, Fulham basically did nothing else. And as they invited the challenges of Leicester into their third, we not only saw Reed being exposed when he was overloaded through Ayose Perez's runs, we also saw that Fulham did attempt to maintain their midfield pressure just in deeper zones. So this implied two things. In attack, Andres Pereira was the busier of the strikers, or at least the forwards, pushing himself into the striker position when everyone else basically was tasked with holding up the ball. Secondly, in defence, instead of playing a high line like most aggressive sides would do, Fulham have, a, have an aggressive midfield coupled with a mid-block back four, which meant that they hold themselves in position, they don't defend deeply as a narrow block, but rather they push out wide and try to expand the space so that when they win the ball back, they can immediately run into space and break. Now, for Fulham, for FPL purposes, things only get a little bit more straightforward in February after enduring a run of Chelsea, Newcastle and Spurs. Fulham basically come up against Forest, Brighton, Wolves and Brentford, all in the space of four weeks. So the question comes down to whether you want to switch to a Brighton midfielder or you would hold the likes of Andreas sitting first on your bench in preparation for future transfers. The valuable three points picked up by Fulham here doesn't mask the fact that Leicester did in the end create chances that had relatively high XG values, way more dangerous than we thought. They owed a lot to Bern Leno spreading himself large and really showing a goalkeeping masterclass as the XG values for Leicester generated across the 90 minutes were not 0.46 for Ayose's big chance in the first half, 
0.35 for Harvey Barnes one in the second, chasing the long ball down. The sweeping move that ended with Vardy having a 0.19 XG chance as well as a 0.11 shot for Vardy in the first half where it was basically a 1v1 from, an, from a tight angle. So really, it's just a matter of when Fulham concede rather than how. And as for Leicester, well, the signs are good as long as Brendan Rodgers doesn't revert to his usual 4-4-2 dour setup. This is FPL Teacher who will review United's win against Bournemouth up next.